Hey, welcome to SWAT Radio. It is Friday, May 21st. I'm Doug McCary of His Light Ministries, and I'm really excited to have my friend and uh, mentor, uh, Tommy Nelson, uh, from Denton Bible Church. Just saw Tommy a few weeks ago, and so glad to be able to have him. It's always a treat to have him. Tommy is a uh, former quarterback from the great football powerhouse of the University of North Texas. And uh, also the Theological Powerhouse, DTS, Dallas Theological Seminary. Tommy, welcome back to SWAT Radio, brother. Doug, it's good to be with you. I hope things are doing well in Florida. Well, you know what, Tommy? We have a governor here who has been a very good leader, and uh, things are well here in Florida. In fact, That's good. Uh, you, you guys have a pretty good governor out there in Texas, too. So yes, y'all, y'all, do. Uh, Tommy, you know, you, you have been around this, uh, this old world for a while now teaching and preaching God's word. What does God's word have to say about leadership? Is it important? (laughs) Uh, by the, uh, what's it say in the book of Hosea by the great number of or by the sins of a country, its leaders are many. Hmm. Meaning that countries with no leadership just have continual usurpations. Hmm. People bumping off this guy, it's like the mafia, meaning there's no stability. A country doesn't have stability unless it has good leaders that... uh, are extensions of the law of God. In the Bible, you've got four centurions and you've got four fishermen. One make up the church, the other makes up the government. Those two together are the ministers of God, where the church does not have to go out and kill everybody. It's got the army of God on its side, and the uh, the ministers of the uh, police force and the military always are cordoned off and directed by the law of God of righteousness. And so the two hands work together beautifully. Just like Israel had a priesthood, and they had a a kingly line. Hmm. And the priesthood set down the parameters for the king, and the king protected the priest. There's only one king and priest in the Bible, and that's Jesus. You You can put all power in him. But otherwise, you have that marvelous check and balance. But God has to lead the church, and God has to lead uh, the uh, political arm. And incidentally, Doug, there is no uh, Plan B. (laughs) Yeah, there is. And when man doesn't want that, history is simply the story of Plan B. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. History is the story of Plan B on how we will have peace, happiness, love, and whatever without God, otherwise known as a critical race theory. Oh, yeah. Well, and, you know, you, I, I've heard you, you know, you were, you've, I've heard you teach on Gideon and the whole oligarchy there. W- would you say after looking at uh, that story of Gideon and what they, they did with him and his children, that, uh, and then looking at our current leadership, 
even though it may not be family related, it's still an oligarchy, isn't it, in our country? Yeah. Um, Gideon uh, tried to have 70 sons and put them all throughout the nation, hopefully that they would bring a sense of unity of order, because he could see that actually the priesthood had not done a good job, so there was no religious education. And so, and there was no education in the home, and so he tried to make the government uh, pull the uh, pull the weight of it. And all you needed was one bad guy named Abimelech who came in, killed all seventy of them, uh, sacrificed them on one stone as an apology to the devil, to Baal, that uh, Gideon had overthrown him, and now he took over, and the nation was plunged into about four years of darkness. So, yeah, the the story of the Bible, uh, you have a great king in Genesis chapter 1 and 2. You have a great king in Revelation 21 and 22. All in between is the comedy of errors, Mm -hmm. of human beings refusing God, but still wanting the blessings of God. It's called communism. It's called socialism. It's called atheism. It's called agnosticism. It's called existentialism. You can put an ism, asm, or, or, or whatever on it. But all it is is uh, Adam sins, and he still wants Eden. He just doesn't want God. Mm. And when you're away from God, you're out of Eden. And the only way is to come back through sacrifice. So our country, and all countries in Russia and Germany and France and everybody else, has tried to find uh, life without God that God can give, and it's not going to work. The French can call it fraternity uh uh, liberty and um, what was it? Fraternity, unity, and uh, brotherhood. But you're not going to get it uh, unless you've got God. When you get rid of God, you get rid of all of His blessings. You're just a squatter on His property. Mm. Well, that, I, that's why I'm so excited about this conference you guys are doing called Wokeness and the Gospel coming up in June. And if you want to go to that, you can register by going to Wokeness. W-O-K-E-N-E-S-S and gospel.org, or you can go to DentonBible.org and register for this. It's June 11th and 12th. Tommy will be speaking. We had uh, uh, two weeks ago, or I think it was maybe last week, we had Owen Strand on, Dr. Owen Strand. Yeah. Uh, he he was really good, and uh, we've had Daryl Harrison on, too. Both of these guys, are they're solid now, the one guy, Tommy, that I don't know very well that you're having, I've heard his name is Pastor Tom Buck. Now, he's a DTS grad, too, oh, isn't he? Uh, he, let's see, I know he's Southern. I think he's Southern. Oh, okay. But um, I know him, and he is passionate for the glory of God. These guys that they've got speaking, um, I being one of them, their their major job is to try to enlighten people as to what wokeness is. Everybody thinks that wokeness is the opposition of racism, and that is the tip of the iceberg. Wokeness offers a solution to racism that has nothing to do with God. Mm-hmm. The same as um, communism was a solution to the non-compassionate use of wealth and the um, arbitrary use of power by men in power in the late 1800s and the the powers of of the Industrial Revolution being upset so badly. And so communism had a brand new solution to it called communism. 
And uh, Hitler had a solution to the problems in Germany called uh, Nazism and fascism, and Mussolini had a, a, um, a correction of things in Italy called fascism. Everybody has got a, a solution without God, and that is what wokeism is, and it comes out of um, Germany, 1923, a bunch of washed-out Marxist that figured out communism didn't work, so they reworked it and said the problem isn't the owners and the workers. The problem is racial and sexual and cultural, that white people, male white people, and male heterosexual white people are in control. Mm -hmm. And so what we have to do is to take those that are oppressed, non-whites, women, and homosexuals they group them all together and what they have to do is they have to take control and you do it by by uh totalitarianism by a re-education a cancel culture from within you get rid of all the worldview from within at the educational level at the business level at every level at the arts and then you have government make autocratic rulings of equity not equality, everybody having an equal chance, but we're going to have equal ends. How many transvestites do you have working in your industry? Okay, you're required to have four more. Mm. How many homosexuals do you have in your church working? Well, you're required with your church to have three. Mm. And so it's that kind of autocratic thing. And so it is, Doug, the, the critical race theory or intersectionality, meaning at whatever point you intersect white male heterosexuals. If you are a black, if you're a woman, and if you are a lesbian, you intersect at three different areas, so you are highly oppressed. Your wife, Doug, is only one-third oppressed. She is uh, <laughs> white, she is not a homosexual, but she is a woman, so your wife is oppressed. <laughs> Does she feel oppressed? No, but she is oppressed, and you, Doug, are an oppressor and you need to be resisted. Do you feel like an oppressor? No, but you are. And so it assigns guilt based upon your race and what you were born, which sounds a lot like racism. Mm -hmm. Basically, Doug, wokeism is putting out a fire with uh, jet fuel. Mm. Oh, my gosh. That, that's I mean? a good analogy. Yeah, I... yeah, you're putting out a fire with jet fuel. We're going to end the problem of racism by lynchings by the Klan. Mm. See, we're going to end the problem of racism in Germany that we will send to the ovens six million Jews. And so that is what wokeism is. It's a solution to racism that is Marxist. It has nothing to do with the Judeo-Christian worldview. It has nothing to do with America, and it has nothing to do with God. It is a theory that has not been tried, and, and to, to this extent it has been tried, it was a, it's a disaster. Incidentally, Doug, you know what the word theory means? Theo means God, oreo means to see. A theory is the attempt to see God. Wow. And all <laughs> that the critical race theory is, is an attempt to emulate God without the Bible. And it is the most sinister, um, incendiary ideology I've ever seen. I'm 70 years old. I didn't live through the revolution of the commies, and I didn't live through the French Revolution. But this is the most incendiary. Uh, you say to a white guy, are you racist? He will say, I wasn't. 
but I am now. <laughs> you say to a black guy, are you racist? I wasn't, but I am now. I have uh, three good buddies that were black that are black guys that are no longer my friends mm. simply because they have adopted this deal. Well, it, so it's interesting to uh, Tommy. It's like uh, you know Iran and Hamas. Hamas and Iran they do not want to. They don't care if they win. All they want to do is disrupt. That's really their goal over in the Middle East. They. They have no, I mean, obviously they would like to wipe it all out, but, but they know that's really not going to happen. So their main goal is to infiltrate everybody's feelings and turn everybody against each other in the region to create instability. Would you say that's very similar to what's going on with critical theory? I'm not a real conspiracy guy, (laughs) but I'm getting real close to it. Yeah. And, and looking at, um, you know, the socialist, the Fabian socialist agenda to from within create instability, to make a crowd. And and it sure looks like, I'm trying to remember his name, Saul. Alinsky, Alinsky, Alinsky. Yeah. The more I look at it, it looks, it really looks like something that is conspiratorial. I don't think you could have pulled it off at any other time than today. Mm-hmm. Because we are the stupidest that America has ever been. My only encouragement is that other countries are stupider than us. <laughs> uh, if I if I ever found out that the Bushmen down in Africa are studying their Bibles, it'll terrify me because they'll take over the world. Mm-hmm. This is the stupidest group of human beings I have ever seen. Basically, my view, Doug, is that you know if you were in the '60s. Uh, and I was in the 60s, you saw a shift in worldview and an attempt to, um, you know, times they are a-changing. When you went into People's Park in uh, San Francisco, you walked through a picture frame. Did you know that? The picture frame was called frame of reference. You had to change your frame of reference. Uh, The Beatles went to the east. Uh, Everything, you saw this attempting to tear down America Doug, you remember, um, oh, the uh, Symbionese Liberationist. Oh, yeah, Symbionese Liberation Army. Mm-hmm. Right. All of that, the, the Black Panthers, all of that stuff attempting to destroy America, and it didn't work for one reason. It was called the greatest generation. Those old guys that had fought and died for this country, they were at the top. All, No matter what you think about them, the Nixons and the... Um, uh, Tip O'Neill, all of these guys that were in the, the Eisenhowers, they said no, and they kept law and order. What happened is those old guys died, and the greatest generation is essentially gone. And now all of the idiots in the 60s, of which I was one, that did not get converted, that did not see the error, the, the failure of Che Guevara and Fidel Castro and all those that didn't see it, they're now coming back from their environs, and they're attempting to do it again. The deal is we don't have the greatest generation in power to put a cap on it. Hmm. Now all the guys that inhaled are in charge. <laughs> yeah. you, you dig? Yeah. All the guys that inhaled are now in charge, and there's no one to stop them. And so I think... Only You could only do this. I think it was Daniel Webster that once said, you cannot enslave a Bible-reading people. Mm-hmm. We don't have a Bible-reading people. 
No, we're, used to, but we're, we don't. we're biblically illiterate. So it's like our, our country has uh, political AIDS. Mm-hmm. We have no immune deficiency. I mean, we have an immune deficiency. We're open to anything. Pornography, human trafficking, um, bisexuality, uh, any kind of sexuality, homosexuality, any kind of thing that comes down the pike that will destroy us, we have no immune system. Hmm. And what we're going to end up having is going to be the the complete implosion. Because at some point, once you start eating away at the family and the military and the government, as the church stands silent, that country's going down. Hmm. I'm not sure if it'll be militarily or politically or what, but that country will go down. Well, you know, the only hope is there had better be sprouts. My prayer is that as I pray, just I see billions upon billions of little sprouts coming up all over the horizon of people that are waking up and saying, this is crazy. Like in the book of Judges, where they said, such a thing has never happened in Israel. Uh, Consider it, take counsel, and speak up. And they got rid of the evil. There has to be among fifth graders and sixth graders and a bunch of kids standing back and going, this ain't working. Mm. This ain't working. Well, you know, our only hope. Well, Tommy, when I was in Russia for the first 15 years of ministry, uh, I, I was traveling over there a lot. And as I was going, I always like to go into their historical sites and read their history and learn about the country. What a lot of people here don't know is that over in the 800s, up until about the 800s, I, well, there was a, uh, a coat of armor from the 800 A.D. time frame in Russia that on every link, there was a little, it was made up of little round links. Every round link had our trust is in God on it. And most people wouldn't know that to think about Russia today because they bought into Marxism. And there's this part of Marxism that basically um, they they try to make this victim and a promise of justice and entitlement to everybody. We'll take care of you. But the only one who ever benefits are the people at the very top. It's never yeah. the people that they promise it to. And they use them. And, and I think even that's what we're seeing. And, you know, Black Lives Matter as an organization kind of was used and has been used as a Marxist thing to come in. And now I think you're really starting to see who they are because they're standing in solidarity with the Palestinians. You know, they're... they're they, but Black Lives Matter is a secular, atheistic, agnostic organization that has taken the shield of the black man and used that political correctness to push their agenda. Uh, they are opposed to the to the uh, historical family. They are opposed to maleness. They are opposed to um, heterosexuality. Um, everything that, that an older black person has been reared in, they are against. Mm-hmm. And so they're opposed to the church. They're, they are a anti-American thing that, you know, Francis Schaeffer said in his day, he said of communism that the Cold War was on in the 70s, he said communism is a Christian heresy, meaning that they, through semantic mysticism, have words like, like fraternity, liberty, and unity 
They have words like, you have nothing to lose but your chains. They have words like, workers of the world unite. They have words like, you know, uh, each according to his need, uh, each giving according to his bounty. They have all of these words and all of these uh, little black and white newsreels that look real good. But once you wander off the tracks and see what it is, it's corrupt. As a matter of fact, that's what happened to communism. It was a hot item in the early 20s until a particular reporter missed his train and wandered off the tracks into the cities and saw it. Mm. And then he became opposed to it. And so uh, all of the uh, the critical race theory, intersectionality, uh, cultural Marxism, this is a time-tried theory that has failed in bloodshed every place it has been tried. It creates more racism and more hatred among races than anything we can do. If I was the devil, mm-hmm. I would pull this off. And so the purpose of our conference is a very clear explanation, a vocabulary, a glossary, this is what is being said. This came out of Frankfurt, Germany, 1923, the Goethe School of Economics and Sociology. This is what came out, and this is what it is. And a guy named Herbert Marcuse brought it to Columbia University, picked up by Angela Davis, and it was hot all during the 60s. It failed. And so we're going to explain what intersectionality is and that the only solution As Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father but by me. If you're going to be saved, you're going to come through Christ. If you want to try works or if you want to try pantheism, if you want to try dualism, Taoism, you can try your best. But God did not ordain that. It's kind of like they said to uh, uh, Naaman, you know, wash in the Jordan and be clean. And it made him mad. He said, don't we have better rivers up here in Syria, the Arbana and the Farpar River? And his, uh, his sidekick said, yeah, but they don't save. God didn't call them. That won't work. So there is one entrance into this city, and that is the cross, and that is the recognition that God made man in one person, and that is Adam, that the the fall brought a curse to all men, that the solution is promised through Jesus Christ, and when men are in Christ, they are all brothers, they are all equal, and that even to non-Christians, that, that world view of the love of God for all men goes out. And someday we will all be in the heavenly company, all for the healing of the nations from the tree of life. The only hope for man is Genesis, Calvary, and the kingdom. That's it. And so that's what the Woke Conference is trying to do, is illumine this error and to call men back to the sovereign God of heaven who alone grants peace. Mm. And that is June 11th and 12th at Denton Bible Church in the great city of Denton, Texas, out there. These guys, Doug, are Owen Strayan, um, Tom Buck, um, uh, Mr. Harrison, um, that works for John MacArthur. These guys are just monster guys. They're smart they're compassionate, they're loving, but they are Lutheran in the sense that they will blister evil. <laughs> and we just we pray that it'll be a watershed to go out to all the country to say, hey, we have bought into a bill of goods. Like God would say of Israel in the book of Hosea, we're like a silly dove flying from tree to tree. Mm-hmm. There's only one way that we're going to fix this, and that is by Christ. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it is June 11th and 12th out there, and uh, it is it is going to be a great conference. I highly encourage you. You can go online to wokenessandgospel.org or go to Denton Bible. And uh, if you want to listen to any of Tommy's messages um, or any other of his good pastoral staff messages, you can go to dentonbible.org and go to their media page. And Tommy's got a whole host of treasures on there. Uh, both uh, even you know pre-COVID, but in COVID, he they stepped it up and put a lot more on there that you can get. So there's a there's a lot of stuff on there that can be encouraging to you, Tommy. We're about to go to the break. We got about one minute, uh, and I, can you just real quick, biblically, there is nowhere in Scripture that I know of that talks about equity. That, 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 that's no, it talks about equality of opportunity. Yeah. The Bible allows you to fail, that a rod is for the back of a fool. If you want to be a bum, if you don't want to work, if you don't want to get along with anybody, if you want to be nice to your wife, you're going to have pain. And that is equality of opportunity, but there's not an equality of ends. That's what communism promises you. If you are a guy that don't want to work and you work on the street, we're going to give you the same as an obstetrician. Isn't that good? No, that's the most demotivating, unjust thing there is. It is unjust to the fool. It is unjust to the, to the friar. It, both of them it's unjust to. The Bible teaches equality of opportunity, and that's all. Well, that's, that's, well, that's what I was wondering, because uh, this word... And now it's funny, you never heard this word. I know we got to go to our break, but I I have not heard the word equity used until recently and now it's everywhere. And when we come back it is a communist yeah. it's a communist term. It, it looks great. Everybody doesn't have to work and everybody gets the same thing. That in a that is the most you know, nirvana utopia <laughs> utopic idea that there is, but it won't work. Well, well, well uh, I look forward to having Tommy back on the second half of SWAT Radio. If you're just tuning in, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. We love having you listen, whether you're on the Lighthouse up in Virginia, on WMER in Meridian, Mississippi, or here in Georgia and Florida, in the North uh, Florida, South Georgia area, listening on one of our three stations there. And we'll be right back after the news with more of Tommy. You can go to wokenessandgospel.org to register for this conference June 11th. We'll be right back after the news on SWAT Radio. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. This is Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. It is Friday, May 21st. Today was uh, my daughter Kate's last day of high school. She is a high school graduate now. And the beautiful part of that story is Kate is our first adopted child into our home. We adopted Kate from China. And uh, Kate was left over on the side of a road at eight days 
old. And I told her today, I had lunch with her today, and I just told her God's sovereign hand was on her to bring her into our home. And I've seen her grow and I've seen God grow her heart. And I know he's got incredible plans to use her for his glory. He already has. And, um, you know, Tommy, I, I look at our world and it's easy for people to get discouraged when you look at our 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 president who says transgenderism is the great civil rights issue of our time. Uh, he, he, he has completely eviscerated uh, any of the peace stuff that was going on uh, with our country and the other countries in the Middle East to help Israel. He has made us uh, go from being energy independent now to we are really in a, a, a bad way as far as energy going forward. And you look at what's happening, rockets going into Israel. A question I'm being asked a lot is, are these the last days or is this, you know, is is the rapture about to happen? And, you know, as you look at the world unfolding, you've been preaching for over 40 years. And like me, if you go back to 1991, when Desert Storm happened, people were asking those questions. And every time there's flare ups in the Middle East, um, right. I, I'm sure you're being asked that, too what's the what's your take right now on what you see happening with our country with the world as far as the timetable unfolding from god well there are a number of of cardinal and the word cardinal means hinge and so there are a number of hinging ideas on um, the second coming one the apostle paul said it will not come unless the apostasy comes first apostasis to stand away when the world has a complete rejection of the dispensation of grace god hath commanded men everywhere to repent paul said and so as the world continually rejects this message and by rejecting this message it is ipso facto with rejecting the judeo-christian worldview for instance you helped out your little adopted daughter because you're a Christian, and you saw the image of God and man, compassion, and Christ made you adopt her. If you had been an atheist or an evolutionist, Doug, it would have been better to let her die, and that way it would have been a, a less uh, pull on the, the uh, food gradient, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You should have let her die. And so uh, whenever you take out the Doug McCarries, when you take out the Christian worldview, you will have domestic, governmental, societal, sexual, all kind of devolution, like Roman one. So, number one, you have to see the rejection of the uh, Judeo-Christian worldview. And then, close to that, is you're going to have to have the failure of that which upholds it, and that is Western Europe, and primarily the United States of America. Mm-hmm. When the United States of America goes silent, the Judeo-Christian worldview goes silent. You wouldn't have had major mission work all over the world had you not had the United States and Britain. And so as as the uh, America goes, so the apostasy will come. The next thing you're going to have to see is a, a growing anti-Semitism. And you're also going to have to have a 1948 where the nation of Israel once again is a gathered entity. And we have seen them gathered, and we're seeing. So you can't love Israel and not love God. If you don't love God, you have to hate Israel. Mm-hmm. That's why you have the Abrahamic covenant. Bless those who bless you, and I'll curse the one who curses you, because they're ipso facto as the nation of God. 
And so we have the regathering of Israel, and we're slowly seeing a turning against Israel. And then uh, the next thing you've got to see is Europe starting to come together as a union, a ten-nation power. Mm. And in time, once they come together, and also you're going to have to see globalism of a man returning to the Tower of Babel. God split up the Tower of Babel because he said there's no evil they can't do. And so as the world comes together again uh, by some social media, by some kind of computer, by some kind of something, and starts to talk the same language, starts to have the same trade relations, you're not going to see enormous good. You're going to see enormous evil. And I think the uh, last will be the world is when the rapture occurs. That's when the dike breaks. When When the rapture occurs, all of these pressures, it says God will send upon them a deluding influence, and now all will implode, and you will see uh, one man take over Europe, and then him try to unite the world in globalism, him allow Israel to rebuild their temple, and then lie to them, and in three and a half years turn against them and move his capital to Jerusalem and make himself God. And at that point, the earth has 36 months to live. Mm. You know, as as you look at our world, Tommy, and you think back, go back five years. Okay, go back to 2015. Would you ever have imagined in 2015 that you would be required to wear a mask or ordered to be vaccinated or wear them? I mean, would you ever have thought that in this country? Yeah. Well, whenever you don't have God and man able to govern himself by conscience, you can no longer have Mr. Jefferson's least government as the best government. When you don't have God, government now becomes your parent. C.S. Lewis said that he would never go into politics because he didn't want to parent man. Hmm. He said he would govern man, but he said, where you have no God, you're going to have to parent them. And so our government is becoming the parent to our people. Hmm. And, I, you know, Mark Bailey, who's president of Dallas Seminary, he said a couple of weeks ago, I was with him, he said, you know, I always knew our country was slipping, but he said, I didn't think it would happen in a weekend. Hmm. And so there are just very critical issues, the George Floyd deal, the Black Lives Matter deal, the uh, the race riots deal, that have uh, exacerbated the problem as such that we are now about to adopt a totally atheistic worldview. And uh, no, I did not think this could ever happen. I think with every... You, know, you remember in the book of Judges, it says a generation arose which didn't know the Lord nor the work which he had done. Mm-hmm. And then it said that generation previous was gathered to their fathers. When you get rid of the warring generation that took Israel in and took the land, and then you cease to educate the young guys, and then you start to allow the Canaanites that are within the land to take over, it's not going to be long until Baal begins to rule your land. And so, and that is when you have... Uh, a woman raped to death and her body cut up and sent out throughout all the tribes. Mm. And so that is what's happening to our country. You know, Francis Schaeffer said in his day, he said, where there is no absolute to govern society, society is absolute. Man is now becoming God. It's just like in the book of Daniel, where do whatever you want to do, but you're going to have to bow down to the image of man. Mm. And that's coming. Well, you know, I've been teaching. What we got to have, though, Doug, is churches have to become colonies. They have to become like the Amish, that they all come in close together, they maintain their Bible, they maintain their order, maintain their sexuality, they maintain their homes, they maintain their child-rearing, that they rise up 
when the CRT is taught in public schools, we don't pay the public schools to screw our kids up. And so they have to stand up against that. You're going to have to be very careful when you send your kid to a university, hmm. very careful as to what's going into them. And then the church has to stick together, almost like the uh, Amish of the uh, 1700s. They have to stick together, and then unlike the Amish, to go out on sorties into the different areas and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, when the Roman Empire fell, Doug, the way that it, uh, the church started recovering it is the church maintained some of the Greco-Roman ideas and the Christian ideas that it, that it kept it afloat. And they went out and started monasteries all throughout these pagan tribes. And they would show the tribesmen how to do animal husbandry, how to do plowing, how to, do, how to, to keep their lives better. And then they would introduce them to the gospel. And the church is going to have to maintain a monastic spirit that this world has no rules, no sexuality, no right, no wrong. When you walk in these gates, everything changes. Mm. You enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. We are the ecclesia. We're the called out ones. We're not like the world. We're a city set on a hill. We're the light of the world. We're the salt of the earth. We have nothing to do with the leaven of Egypt. We are the church. We're not just different from the world. We're better than the world. We are better than them morally. We're better than them academically. We're better than them societally. We're better than them domestically. We have honesty in our relations. Our word is our bond. When you walk into the church, it is you're walking back to the past, to a better day. And so we have to do that and then go out in sorties out there and just do conflicts wherever we are and bring men into the church. That's kind of a long-winded answer. No, but, you know, it's like when I was out there and you were teaching uh, a few weeks ago, you you basically said we have to rebel against our culture. Oh, yeah. We, we, we like ha- Daniel. He yeah. said no. Daniel said no. He has set his heart. He would not defile himself with the king's choice food. I'll take your name. I'll take your job. I'll take your language. I'll take your education. No, I will not eat that food sacrificed to an idol. Well, then you're going to get thrown to the lion's den. Well, throw me to the lion's den. But I'm not going to do that. And that's what the church... You know, Doug, you're familiar with the Amish. Uh-huh. The Amish became the Amish because they saw in their day the arisal of modernity, of the Industrial Revolution and the dehumanization of man. And they threw out the baby, the bathwater, Barney, the rubber ducky. <laughs> uh, they threw out everything. And they withdrew from the evils of modernity and specifically the city. Uh, do you remember Rechab, the son of Jonadab, yes. in the Old Testament? the Rechabites. Said, you will not go into a city. They withdrew from it. And so they said, we're going to have our own economy. And um, they didn't do sorties. And they kind of got into problems because they became self-righteous, and they became just as liberal as anybody else. But that's why the Amish became the Amish, is they saw what was happening to the atomism of modern man. Mm. They withdrew. And there's something, you know, I am told, and, uh, that, and I don't know who came up with it, that the happiest people on earth are the Amish. Yeah, I've heard that, too. And they're untouched by the crap that is out there. Mm-hmm. And the technology and all the junk with that stuff that comes with yeah. it. And that's why the church is going to survive, is they're going to have to become that Amish model that we gather together, and we've got our rules, and we're better than everybody else, and our kids are smarter 
than your kids. They're cleaner. They're healthier. They're stronger. Our kids are better. Our businesses are better. Our marriages are better. Our relationships are better. Our worldview is better. Our academics are better. And so you come with us, and you can be better, and you stay in the ark until this stuff ends, and we're going to be high on a rare rat to start a new world. Mm. Now, that's the way that the church is going to have to do. Yeah, and and we're not better because of who we are. We're better because of who he is and and what he offers. We have an absolute. There's a proverb that says, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained, but happy is he who keeps the law. Mm. Where there is no vision, meaning prophetic revelation, people go mad. Mm. They have no restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. And so... You know, they said they looked at Daniel's friends, and he said they were ten times better than everybody else. And so when you start with, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, then you're better. Right there, you're better. And so that's why I tell my six grandkids, uh, we are the Christians, the mighty, mighty Christians. <laughs> you stick close to each other because we're better than everybody else. You marry a Christian. You do business with guys that have Christian uh, models and morals. Because everything else is a Canaanite thing, and it's ugly, and it's nasty, and it's unhygienic, and it's violent, and it carries disease and immorality and perversion. And we're not going to go down into that scuzz. We're going to stay high and lofty, beautiful in elevation, the joy of the whole earth. That's why Israel is called the most beautiful of all lands, the navel of the earth. Mm. And that's what we're going to be. Well, that's what I told my daughter today at lunch. I said, you know... Psalm 1, you need to hold on to that because blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sits in the seat of a scoffer, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in, in that he meditates, and he's going to be like that tree planted oh, yes. by the stream of water. And I look at what's going on in our culture, Tommy, and we we have churches now that are pulling away and they're walking in the counsel of the wicked. They're allowing wokeism. Yeah. They're al- even universities that I was really disappointed yeah. just to be candid with you with Baylor over this last yeah. week. That's my uh, hometown. Yeah, I know. With what you know, you look, Doug, at at Revelation two and mm-hmm. three. You see the seven churches that are not just morally and ecclesiologically lessons to us, but they're prophetic of the church age, and you can trace a single line from Ephesus to Laodicea on the slow, sure abandonment of the Bible to where you end up in Laodicea, Revelation 3.20, where he's outside the church trying to get in, standing at the door and knock. And so all through the church age, you see the entropy of Christians that let go of the truth of God to embrace the world. And there has to be that passion within a pastor, his elders, his deacons, that God has given the keys of the kingdom of heaven to Peter and the apostles. We are an apostolic people. Jesus said, I have further things to teach you, and you're not able to receive them. The Spirit's going to guide you men into all the truth, that we have the truth of God in the New Testament, its foundation in the Old. We know where we came from. We know where we're going in Revelation. We're better than everybody. And and I'm amazed at churches that get rid of their Mercedes for a skateboard, mm. you know, that won't work. Mm. That they abandon the fountain of living water for cisterns that can't hold water. We have a gap program, Doug, where we'll take 18-year-old kids and we'll we'll work with them for nine months and send them back out. And I tell parents, I said, you give us your kid 
and you let us get into his mind with the Bible and with integrity and a work ethic and respect and manners and etiquette and morals, and you give me your kid for nine months, and my kid will beat the dog out of any other kids out there. Mm-hmm. Our Gap kids will beat the hound out of any group of kids from Harvard, Yale, Princeton. You let them start with their atheism, we'll start with theism, and we'll just beat you seven ways to Sunday. Mm-hmm. And that- that's the way the Christian has to be. We're the best because we start with God. Well, I hope that they continue to put people out because we need people like that. Maybe some of them need to be leading at Baylor because uh, to be doing what they're doing. And you got the College of the Ozarks, which is on the other end, which is doing good. I don't know if you heard about them. They got ruled against today because they are being forced uh, to basically let biological males who identify as females go into dorms and, and bathrooms there that are opposite sex, and they're saying no, they're fighting it, and I, I'm glad they're fighting it because yep. there's there's very few that are, Tommy. There's just very few churches that are fighting against you know, this. Doug, all my life I've wanted to fight for my country and fight for my faith. Hmm. I was born at a time that uh, I tore up my knee and missed Vietnam, uh, at a time when there was a separation of church and state. And to be honest, I would read about military heroes, and I would read about the martyrs. Mm-hmm. And I would wonder, how did I? How would I have done? Well, before I die, I'm 70, and if I make it long enough, I'm going to have to suffer mm-hmm. for my country, and I'm going to have to suffer for my faith. Mm-hmm. And I welcome it. Mm-hmm. I, I look forward to it. I've always wanted to know, Tommy Nelson, how would you do? when it's on the line, Hmm. when you're not reading about Polycarp, when you are Polycarp, when you're not reading about Band of Brothers, when you're the guys, Hmm. how are you going to do? Well, I want to do well. I want to wear the wreath Mm -hmm. of Stephen. I want to wear the crown and say, hey, I didn't go silent. I didn't back off. Jesus said, don't fear him that can kill the body. Fear him that cast body and soul into hell. And he said, whatever's covered is going to be revealed. So you get on the rooftops, and what you heard in the closet, you yell it, you tell it on the mountain. Mm-hmm. You let everybody know who I am. And if you die, then you take the hit. And that's what I want to do. Well, and you've take, taken some hits out there recently just because of the things that you've done at church. Yeah. And even this uh, being, the you know, this conference, this wokeness in the gospel, I'm pretty in fact in fact you and i were talking <laughs> some people probably there in your local community haven't been very happy about it yeah, right well we take I, I had 800 tweets against me personally <laughs> and all i ever told them was nice guys may finish last but bad guys always go to hell <laughs> and so i'm gonna stand and i'm gonna let when it all comes down i'm gonna be okay well, I, I'm praying for you and for this conference. I certainly appreciate the stand you've taken over the years. And, you know, I look at Denton Bible, and, and it, it is a it is a oasis to me out there in a place that, you know, Dallas itself, Tommy, is, is a, has really gone uh, progressive as a whole, you know, that whole area. And and uh, Denton Bible Church is a great place. If your kids are out in that area or you know people out there, I highly encourage you to uh, send them to Denton Bible Church. It is a great community, has a great ministry to college, a great ministry to kids. In fact, one of my high school buddies just finished 
uh, one of the training programs you have oh, out there. Yeah, great guy. Uh, oh, Mark finished that biblical pastoral training course. Uh, you guys do that. You still do young guns. Um, you, you still do Bible studies. There's a lot of opportunities for people out there uh, to go and grow. So if you know anybody in the Dallas area, when we lived there, we used to drive over from Plano and tell them how far that is, Tommy. <laughs> Uh, that's a good 25 30 miles yeah it's a good little ways to go but it was worth it and uh i just appreciate your ministry and this wokeness in the gospel conference again is june 11th and 12th and it is going to have dr owen strand daryl harrison uh, tommy will be speaking pastor tom buck uh and uh one of your elders is speaking charles stofus he's a pretty good old charles communicator Stofus, too yeah. rodney brown yeah who, uh, who started a church that we started they're guys that love the Lord, and they they simply will not abandon the fountain of life for a cistern that doesn't hold water. That's yeah. just simply what they won't do. I'm not. There's things that I won't give up. I'll bend to a lot of ways, but I'm not going to bend there. Well, Tommy, so uh, we're going to stand. I, I want to ask you this question because this has come up with me three or four times with different people in ministry, and uh, we are going into uh pride month which it is going to be more in our face as believers now than ever uh in june because of the leadership of our country and and the emboldenedness that uh, many of the people who are activists in that community the way they are and so one of the questions that uh are not a question but an issue that comes up is a lot of people will allow people who are in that community who are living that lifestyle to serve in church in an effort to win them to Christ. And they, they, they they compromise. Yeah. You say, if you are an ax murderer, if you're a homosexual, if you're a wife beater, we want you to come to church and sit and listen to the gospel. But once you decide you're going to join the church, be in the study, we have rules. <laughs> They're called the keys of the kingdom, and we enforce them. <laughs> Christ is the king. He rules by his word. If you're going to be in this club, you're going to go by the rule of Christ. <laughs> so that's what we let them know. You know, Doug, when we built Denton Bible Church, just the building, we, when we built the thing, I said, look, if you've noticed, church architecture reflects churches. Back in the old days, in the 40s, you know, there was a chapel. It was a steeple. It was something that... It was where the people of God gathered. And then through the 60s, um, you know, everything became kind of outer space, kind of uh, we lost our form. So we built churches that looked like Whataburgers. They were kind of, you know, big angular. They were big fins on a 59 Chevy Ford, that they were real angular and cosmic. And then we had to build them. Uh, you know, in the 70s, it was pragmatism. Everybody built a church you could play field hockey in, you know, between services. And so now we build churches, they all look like Raytheon. Mm-hmm. They're all businesses. They're big corporations. You can't tell. And when we built our church, I told the architect, I said, I want something that Barney and Gomer and <laughs> Uber and Aunt, and Aunt B and, and they, I want a place that when you walk in, you'll take your hat off. Mm-hmm. And so he built it looking with great seven pillars out front uh, with a Greek facade. And I said, that's what I want. 
I want a place that when you look at it, I want a cross up on the top. I want an organ. I want a choir, and I want us to go back to the 1940s uh, with just refine some of its errors. Uh, As a matter of fact, Doug, when I drive around, I listen to serious 40s when life was sane. (laughs) So when you walk in our church, you're going to hear, like a river glorious is God's perfect peace. Mm -hmm. So that's what I want to do is to go back. Remember where it says in uh, Jeremiah, stand by the ways and watch, ask for the ancient path where the good way lies, and you'll find rest for your souls. Hmm. So we're going to be the ancient path. Well, Tommy, uh, thank you for being with us. Our time's come to an end, and and I just uh, want to let people know one more time, wokeness and the gospel, or wokenessandgospel.org. It's not the, and there's W-O-K-E, N-E-S-S and gospel.org to register. Or you can go to Denton Bible, D-E-N-T-O-N Bible.org. Hey, guys, if you're listening, pray for Tommy and pray for uh, this conference. Pray for his church. This this conference is not just for people in Denton. People all over the country are coming to it. You can go, whether you're in Virginia, Mississippi, Florida, Georgia, out west, Who those that listen from Idaho. We encourage you to really look at going out there June 11th and 12th and uh, go support them and be instructed in how to respond because this is one of the greatest threats right now currently that we're dealing with in the church. Tommy, thank you. I love you, and you be blessed. Okay, brother? Thank you, Doug. I'm praying for you continually. All right, thank you. Hey, you've been listening to uh, Tommy Nelson. If you want to listen to this or any past broadcast, you can go to www.swatradio.com and click on the past program links. You can communicate it with us by going to Facebook and go to at SWAT, at SWAT Radio Talk, at Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk. You can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. We will be back on Monday, and uh, next week we're going to be finishing up Chapter 7 of Acts, looking at Stephen and the amazing thing that happened as Stephen willingly laid down his life as the first martyr. So I hope you'll join us, and I hope you have a great weekend. I want to wish a happy 18th birthday birthday to my niece, Alan Grace, listening in Meridian on WMER. Happy birthday, Alan Grace, and uh, I hope everyone has a great weekend. Thanks for listening to SWAT. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening spiritual